Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out the radio version of the show every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on WDJY 99.1 in Atlanta. We also air on a podcasting network in Los Angeles called the 405 Media. There's a TV version of the show that airs on KMVT 15 in Silicon Valley at 8 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. I want to invite all of you in the Building the Future community to join me at SUPEX, the Startup Expo in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, this July 26th, where I'll be the MC. SUPEX is one of the largest and best startup conferences in the U.S. and the official gathering of the Building the Future community this summer. SUPEX has cutting-edge content, a cool startup competition, and a half-day forum this year called Hashtag Women for Women, the largest gathering in the U.S. in 2018 of angel groups, seed funds, and BC funds focused on female founders and female entrepreneurs. For more information, visit www.sup-x.org. I hope to see all my Building the Future friends there. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Ken Dunn. He's the CEO and founder at GoRead.com. Ken, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Kevin. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think your journey and what kind of what you're doing with, with GoRead is actually really cool and innovative. But maybe before we kind of get into all that fun stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure, absolutely. Um, I grew up in Atlantic Canada, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, in Canada. Okay, interesting. That's actually a beautiful part of Canada. You know, if anybody's ever been there, they would 100% agree with you. It gets a little <laughs> freaking cold in the wintertime, sure. but it's a great place to be in the summer. Sure. No, that's that's cool, man. So you didn't originally start off your career in kind of tech at all. You, you were a police officer, correct? Yeah, that's right. I Right out of high school, I joined the military police. And a year later, I found myself doing an undercover drug investigation, posing as a high school student. And then I went into a whole bunch of really cool police things. And my buddies used to call me the as-seen-on-TV cop because uh, most of the things I did in law enforcement I actually were things you've seen in TV shows. Okay. But, okay, before we get into some of that stuff, was there – what made you want to go kind of and become a cop? Was there like a defining moment or, or something in your childhood that were like, I really want to do that for a living? It's funny. It, it was, I don't know if it was that or if it was the opposite. I was definitely lost as a teenager. I, I was working a full-time job by the 16 and not paying attention to school. And I started smoking pot and really didn't know where I wanted to go in life. Okay. And then there was a, there was a career day at my high school and there was a whole bunch of different opportunities there, <clears throat> but they all required going to college. And I, I, I didn't actually finish high school, to be honest with you. Okay. But the military recruiters were there and they said uh, they would take me now. And I said, I don't want to go to war. And they said, well, how'd you like to be a cop? And they were looking for military police officers. And okay. I, uh, I accepted. I joined the military police. And then a year later, I got uh, I, I got taken over by the RCMP in Canada. Okay. So – because the mil- Mm-hmm. What is a what's the difference between like a military police officer and just like a regular police officer? So military police officers have the same power and the same authority that regular uh, or civilian police officers do, but the military police officers, their jurisdiction is the basis that the military people live on and work oh, okay. on, as as well as overseas. So when when military and as you know, there are hundreds of thousands of American service members that we all love and respect for what they do for us serving overseas. And sometimes things bad happen and the military police can deal with that stuff over there. Got you. Okay. no. Okay. so so you move on to the RCMP and then walk. Keep me or like continue your journey through through that. Yeah, well, it's so I, I originally was seconded to the RCMP to go undercover. I, okay. I spent almost a year undercover buying and selling drugs. Okay. And then when that investigation was over, I had the opportunity to choose where I wanted to go next. And I went to a SWAT team. I was on an RCMP SWAT team for three years. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then from there, I met my wife and my wife and I decided that we were going to settle in Ottawa, Canada. 
which is the capital of Canada. And I ended up becoming a, a city police officer in Ottawa with the Ottawa Police Department. And the last eight years of my policing career, I was a cop for 15, 15 years in total. I, I did major crime investigations and interrogation. Okay, interesting. So walk me through your transition to kind of getting out of the police force and actually kind of founding a company. Well, it's it was... It was it was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. <laughs> and I love I love actually saying that because the minute I do, people their minds start racing because they totally. just learned that they just learned that I, I investigated murders. I like I've investigated the the hooker that was chopped up into eighty pieces and thrown in a garbage can. I've invested assassinations and wow. I used to interrogate I used to interrogate murder suspects. And so when I say the most traumatic experience of my life, they're like, Oh my god, what happened? Did his partner get killed? Did he lose his leg? But it was nothing like that. <laughs> okay. My my wife told me I was going to become a dad. Okay, and I was twenty nine years. I was twenty nine years old, and I it, I was it scared me because I I didn't want to raise kids, but have all of the heaviness of law enforcement and these types of serious crime investigations following me around. I didn't want to be at my son's little league game and the pager go off, and I had to leave to go investigate a murder. Yeah, fair. And and so. I, I literally decided the day I found out I was going to become a dad that I, I wanted to quit my job. And I went to the only friend that I had who was an entrepreneur. His dad owned a big insurance company. And I said, hey, man, I got to quit my job. What should I do? And he said, I don't know what you should do. But when dad got me into the insurance business, he made me read this book. And he handed me a copy of Og Mandino's book, The Greatest Salesman in the World. Okay. And I, I tried to give the book back to Paul. And I said – Paul, I, I've never read a book in my life and I don't plan to start now. I don't have time. And he said, no, read this. And so I took it home that night and I, I literally, first time I ever read a book, I read that book nonstop cover to cover in 12 hours, wow. right through the, and what happened, Kevin, is that when I was reading the book, I realized that the exact same skills that Og Mandino described as the skills of the world's most elite salespeople. They were the exact same skills that I had perfected in police interrogation. Okay, so interesting. I went back. I went back to my buddy Paul on Monday morning and said, "Paul, I get it. Thanks for making me read this book. I'm I'm a salesman. Can I sell insurance?" And and Paul said, "No, go see my dad. His dad was a crotchety seventy year old man, <laughs> and <laughs> my dad and I have a different idea." And and Kevin, um, Paul's dad became my first mentor, and he helped me to start a mortgage company in Ottawa, Canada, back in 2000. Wow! And it was un it was unbelievable. He said, "I'll teach everything I know. We'll I'll put the first two hundred thousand in. We'll we'll build the office in my in my building, so it'll keep the expenses low. Sure. And I'll give you thirty percent of the company, and we'll farm my list. And if you can." create as much revenue outside of our, my homeowners from the insurance company's list, then in three years from now, I'll have the company appraised and I'll buy your 30%. Interesting. And it was unbelievable, but he had one more rule. He okay. said, if we're going to do this, you need to read a book a week and you need to read the books that I tell you to read. And if you miss one week, the deal is off. Interesting. Okay. So what types of books did he have you read? Oh, Lord, it was everything that you would expect. It started off like with the classics, Magic of Thinking Big, Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People. But then as we were building the business, he started forced me to start reading books on business management and okay. accounting and finance and all of the skills that I was needing to learn. I learned them all through his guidance and reading the right books. Wow, that's incredible, actually. So what? what What's most incredible is three years after we started, we had funded $300 million in mortgages and 70% of the revenue came from the new business that I created. Wow. So he ended up, he ended up buying my percentage of the business from me 30% for $10 million. Wow. So you, did you, what did you do after that? Did you take some time off or like how, what did, did you keep going? What did you do after that? Well, you know, so my wife and I went from getting by okay financially to, to doing really well. And so we, when the day we sold the business, we did take two months off. Nice. But, but what's really interesting, Kevin, you know the old saying, if you hear something often enough, you will know it to be true? Sure. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so what happened, one of the other things that 
my mentor told me is every day when I came into work, he said, you need to run the sales team. And every day I want you to get them into a, a training room and train them and in, inspire them and motivate them. And I said, okay, how the heck do I do that? And he says, I don't know. You'll figure it out. Tell them crazy policing stories. Tell them all those old policing <laughs> stories. Interesting. Tie it, tie it to something to do with work. So tell the story about a murder investigation. And then the moral of the story is tell how to, how to interrogate people. And the moral of the story is, and, and I did that for three years straight, five wow. days, a week, seven o'clock in the morning. And wasn't, wasn't too far into that journey that I realized I was a storyteller. Okay. So my sales guys every day is they used to say, man, you should write a book about this, man, you should, you should be a speaker. And it's, it happened so often that by the time the business was sold, I was convinced that I needed to write a book and I wanted to become a professional speaker. I wanted to travel all over the world and teach people the art of selling. Okay. So, so that's what you ended up doing? Well, I, I started down that road. I started doing a little speaking, but I, I really struggled writing the book. It okay. was the – Kevin, have you ever written a book? I Kevin? have. It's, it's so much work. People have no idea. <laughs> It's freaking painful. <laughs> totally, brother. It was it was the most painful thing I ever did. It took me 18 months. I started and stopped and started and stopped. Sure. But but I can tell you, man, when I finally finished, it was such a huge relief. Totally. It was such a good feeling. Oh yeah. So okay. then I went to the internet and I looked for a publisher. Okay. And I because I did because I needed to publish it. And I found a gal who owned a company called More Heart Than Talent. Okay. Boy, I didn't realize how true that was. <laughs> she she had lots of heart. She convinced me that she was the right person, that my book was going to be a bestseller. And I signed a publishing deal with her. And then the minute the deal was signed, she said, okay, first thing we have to do is rewrite the book. And I'm like, wait, you just told me it was an amazing book. Now you want to rewrite it. And she said, yeah. And it was 20 grand. Okay. So I, I paid 20 grand. And then after it was rewritten, she said, now we need to publish it. It's another 10 grand. So I paid another 10 grand. And then she said, okay, next we need to print books and you need to start with 10,000 copies. Cause I don't want to run out of books when we start getting you climbing the New York times bestsellers list. And I said, Oh, I can't run out of books. How much is 10,000 copies? And she said, they're three bucks a piece. So I wrote wow. her a check for another 30 grand. And then she introduced me to a guy named Alex Mendozian who promised me that he could build me a website, do an interview, and then he had a million people on a list and he was going to email the million people and they were going to buy thousands of books. And I said, wow, that's amazing. How much? And he said 20,000. Okay. So I'm into it for 80 grand. Wow. And, and no heart, no talent. I mean, more heart than talent publishers published the book with 300 grammar and spelling errors in it. Wow. And Alex sold eight books. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I still have 9,992 copies of that book in my basement at home. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever walk by it and just as a reminder or do you – surprised you kept them? I don't, I don't need to – well, I did because it's the inspiration for everything I do in my I life. I guess. Yeah, fair enough. But brother, I never look at it. I've never looked at those books in eight years. But I get reminded every month that they're there. Okay, uh, sure. Because my, my wife and I, we're best friends. We've been married for 20 years now. Congrats, but that's awesome. Every time, every time we fight, yeah. and we don't fight often, but what we do, she always mentions the books. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we could be arguing over where we're going to go on our next vacation, and she's not winning the fight, and she'll say, yeah, but what about those books in the basement? I'm like, well, what does that got to do with this trip? <laughs> so, so I've always kept them just as an inspiration. But I, sure. um, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was one of the biggest painful experiences of my life that 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 book failed. It, it meant everything to me. But it, it also, I, I, I had to fix it. And because of that, I have everything else in my life today because that book failed. So I, I really have to thank more heart than talent publishers. Interesting. So walk me through you. How did you come up with the idea for Go Read and why did you decide to start it up? Well, so essentially what happened was I my book had failed. I needed to rewrite it. So I went out and I was traveling around and I found a book in a Hudson's News in an airport. It was called How to Make People Like You in 90 Seconds or Less. It was okay. by an author named Nick, Nick Boothman. 
it's an amazing book and it's an amazing, he's an amazing guy. And I, when I saw that book, I, I, I bought it and I read it four times in a month. And I, I thought, man, I need to meet this Nick Boothman guy. I'm sure he's going to help me to fix my book. I, I can pick his brain and he can give me some ideas. Okay. I to, and I needed to rewrite the book and redo it. So I, I went back to my office in Canada and I told my assistant, uh, Wendy, to to find him and book an appointment. And according to the book, it felt like he either lived in New York City or Milan or London. And I said, wherever he is, just book the time, pay him whatever he wants, get me on a plane. I want to go see him. Okay. Well, she comes back to, she comes back to me the next day, Kevin, and says, he lives five minutes from you. He, wow. Like he lived in Toronto, Canada at the time where I was living. That's wild. <laughs> It was unbelievable. And so I met with Nick a few days later and I told him about how painful the writing experience was. And he started laughing at me. Okay. And I said, Nick, why are you laughing? And he said, Ken, I, he, by this time he had written four books and he sold over 3 million copies of them. Wow. He, like he speaks a hundred times a year at $80, $80,000 an hour. He's amazing. Wow. In fact, you need to have Nick on your show. He's right, unbelievable. Well, you, you hook that up after the show. <laughs> I, I will. Don't worry. Um, but he, he, it's, it was really amazing. He, he started, I said, why are you laughing? And he says, Ken, I've never taken more than 30 days to write a book. What? I've never, I've never wow. written more than 10 to 20 minutes a day. Okay. And, and and just like you're thinking right now, I said, okay, Nick, you need to teach me that. Sure. I'll, and he, he agreed to. I met him every day for 30 days at 7 o'clock in the morning. And 30 days later, I was finished rewriting my book, and I published it 30 days later. And that first book today, that second book, which is the first book rewritten, has sold sure. over 100,000 copies. Wow, that's really great, man. Congrats. That's huge, actually. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. But what... So now I'm traveling around the world in 2008 and I'm speaking, I'm training, I'm selling books. And everywhere I go, after I would speak, I would go to the back of the room to sign books and somebody would walk up to me and introduce themselves. And they would always introduce themselves the same way. They would say they were an author. Okay. Sometimes they'd even give me a copy of their book. It was really weird. They always had their books with them, but. Okay, sure. Um, I've had that before. Yeah. yeah. Just doing the show, people like hand you your book and you're like. Thanks. That's awesome. But like, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was, so I, you know, I'm trying to make conversation with these people and I would always ask the same question. Hey, thanks a lot for, I'd say, thanks a lot for the book. How's it going? Yeah. How many books have you sold? And, and Kevin, every time I asked that question, I felt like I ripped their hearts out. Okay. Every time I would hear the same story, I I'm struggling selling books. Nobody wants to buy it. I can't figure it out. And every time I heard that, I, I just – it happened so many times, Kevin. So I, I convinced myself I needed to start a publishing company. Okay. I, I, I naively believed that every other publisher in the world must not be able to teach authors how to sell books because by this time, by 2010, I had published four books and wow. sold over 200,000 copies of them. Wow. That's great, man. And so, so I launched a publishing company up in Canada and started publishing books for authors. And our first year we published a hundred books. And wow. now I've got a hundred authors and Kevin, they're not selling books either. Okay. <laughs> so, so I realized there was a bigger problem and, and I was starting to feel really dirty because now I had authors that weren't selling books and it just, it really put me on a mission how to fix this. Okay. And so then I looked at the publishing industry. I started studying the industry and I was trying to figure out why, why things were felt so messed up. And, and here's what I found. Every year, last year in America, 1.2 million books were published. Wow. 80% of them are self-published. That means the author is sure. paying to publish the book. That's 900,000 books were self-published last year. Wow. And at, Kevin, an average author pays between three and $6,000 to publish and print their books. Sure. So an average author is spending, let's say, five grand on average, but 90% of them never sell 100 copies. Yeah, that's so fair. Eight, eight, but listen, think about the magnitude. 800,000 authors last year spent $5,000 to publish a book and only made 1500 bucks. Yeah, I eight, it's sad, 800,000 right? authors lost three grand. Yep. And and that, my friend, is why I started Go Read. So I, I okay, was – we were starting to grow this. The very first thing I thought was, okay, the first thing I want to do is I want to build 
a, a social media platform for readers okay. where they could – now, it wasn't like Goodreads. It was more like Ancestry.com. Okay, because interesting. I, I know sometime in the future, paper books are going to disappear. Maybe 50, 60 years, but it's going to happen. Sure. So I, wouldn't it be cool if there was this really cool social platform where people who love to read books could create virtual archives of all the books they've read? Just this really beautiful platform. They'd have a book. They'd have a personal page, and on it was library shelves. And just add the books you've read to the library. Sure. And then I, if we're going to do that, we have to make it a social network so readers can connect with other readers. They can, they can, you know, add books to the libraries. They can make reviews on books. And then it dawned on me. I thought, man, why don't if all these readers are joining and they find a book that they like, I got to let them buy it. So then I said, okay, I got to make it an e-commerce site also. Okay. I had no idea I was creating the world's first social media and e-commerce site combined. Interesting. There is no other social media platform in the world that is also a destination e-commerce platform. Okay, interesting. And we, we did it successfully. So we have hundreds of thousands of readers already in the social network. There's 500 to 1,000 new readers joining every day. Wow. And we created, a, we created a points program called Litcoins. So it's the first social network in the world that people actually can, can collect points for activity. So every time they like something, they share something, they post something, they comment, they review, add books to the libraries, they get Litcoins. And they can use the Litcoins to buy real physical books. Okay, interesting. And nobody's ever done that before, and it's working. But now that this was growing, I thought, okay, what's the biggest problem authors have? Biggest problem is they're losing three grand in when they publish their book, and they're not selling enough books. So I said, if I've got all these readers joining the platform, what if I could create a technology that would automatically match an author to the perfect reader? And yeah, when we made the match, if we made the match, what if I put the reader right on the author's email list? What if I told the author, taught the author how to connect better with that reader so that the reader wants to buy that author's book? Sure. And there's, there's no technology like this in the world, and it works. And so on the Go Read platform, authors, it, they pay a very, very nominal monthly subscription, 40 bucks. And it basically what, when they pay the subscription fee, it, their author page, which is like a, a fan page on Facebook – it turns into it has all of the the attributes that a website does. So they can write articles, they can share videos, they've got a shopping cart that they can sell anything that they want. On the back end, there's analytics that they can see everybody that's coming, where they're from. There's emailing built into it. I mean, why doesn't Facebook actually let people that have a fan page build, build a fan following and send a mass private message? You're not allowed to, but on our platform, the authors can do that. And then authors, authors who write articles every week, if you write an article a week and share it with your fans, we pay you. Okay. An average, an average author earns five to $600 a month. Wow. $600 a month times 12 is $7,200 a year. Sure. I just, I just eliminated the loss for 900,000 authors a year. That's incredible, man. That's great. And that's that's what we do today. And so, yeah, you can see it's all been a journey. And sorry to sorry to overwhelm you with this. No, it's good, man. Nobody wants story. to hear the host talk. They want to hear you talk. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. But you also have. I just want to kind of make sure that we cover kind of all the features that you guys actually do for authors, because you also give them kind of a free website and free pay, uh, free website, right? And and web page yep. and. Um, you also kind of help them with book publishing, correct? Yeah. So when an author joins our platform, they get access. It's the only way they can get access to our publisher, which is called Rebel Press. And we publish – we are the cheapest option for them in the world to publish high-quality books. And then we, we can actually sell the books in every major store online. So we do that. We own our own printing company, so we can print the books, and we print the books cheaper than they'll find anywhere else. So basically, it's the first platform in the world that is an end-to-end -end solution for authors. We help them to write the books. We help them to publish the books. We print the books. And then and as they're doing that, they're building a following on our website, and we help them to sell the books. No, I, I think that's really great. So for people that are maybe thinking about a book, and, and they're fine, you know, obviously – Pay and making the, the time and money commitment to this thing, what do you kind of tell them to inspire them to actually kind of get started to go? Because 
I think, like, it, it was actually really beneficial for me. I, I wrote a, a tech book on a, a, on a technology framework um, for, a, for a publisher out of the UK a number of years ago. So mm-hmm. I didn't write like a, you know, like a, I made up a story or, or something like that, but, um, and which is a lot harder than the book I wrote. So, um, how do you kind of inspire people to actually get out there and write? Because I think even for me, it, it really kind of helped my career. And, um, you know, I, I happened to recover my cost, but still, yeah. right. So I, I guess like I kind of got lucky, but, um, what do you kind of tell people to actually like think about doing their own book? Well, it's funny you say that because obviously today I have a, a massive following personally around sure. books, you know, hundreds of thousands of people on Facebook. Sure. Uh, we're getting close to a million people already in our community. And I wow. speak every day, every day to our audience about writing great books sure. and, and how to become successful. And essentially what I'm telling them is that there's really six steps that you need to follow if you're going to become successful with a book. Number one, you got to write a great book. Okay. And that's the biggest – Kevin, that's the biggest problem that most authors have right up front. They write shitty books. Fair enough. And it's unfortunate for nonfiction authors, so often they get so addicted to their own story – that they think if they just write a, a book that is the timeline of their life, that people are going to love it. But people hate those books. Okay. You got to write a book. You got to buy write a book for the reader. Okay. And most people don't know this. I coined a phrase called the reader's journey. Okay. You have to take a reader on a journey from where they are to where you want them to go, and the chapters represent the stones, the steps in the journey they're going to take. For a fiction book. It is crucial that you follow the hero's journey. Every amazing fiction book follows a main character called the protagonist. And there are very essential elements to the hero's journey for a book. Now, for nonfiction authors, you absolutely, for any business owner, for anybody that is looking to buy, to build a following, you have to write a book. It's, It's not a should it's it's a prerequisite yeah fair. the minute you publish a book you know the minute you publish a book yeah. you become an authority yeah whether you feel like it or not <laughs> that's, right. that's exactly right some people don't understand that or don't want to believe it but it's just true a pu- being a published author is mandatory yeah and then especially what's if it's really- by a publisher people have heard of too right that's exactly right that's exactly right but or if you sell tens of thousands yeah, of copies, that who cares yeah, yeah, yeah. It. that's fair that's fair but But the other thing that's interesting is what I help business owners to understand, because I I meet so many business owners today that are trying to reinvent their businesses online, because we all know that every business today really needs to be generating revenue online. The revenue, the the internet is now the biggest revenue market in the world, and they don't know how to do it. And so I help them to understand that if you start with a book, it is the easiest way in the world to organize your thoughts. The book then it becomes an online course. The book becomes um, a consulting practice. It just does all the work for you. So you remember, you remember early on in our conversation, I told you about how Nick taught me to write a book in 30 days, 10 yep. minutes a day. Yep. I took Nick and put him in a recording studio and had him record 30 videos. What he told me every day for 30 days and I turned it into a technology platform inside of GoRead. So when our authors want to write a book, all they do is they pay $785 and we assign a professional writing coach to them who helps them figure out the chapters. And then they log in once a day, they watch a video with Nick and they write right on the platform. Interesting. And 30 days later, they've written 30 times. We hit a button that says merge and it takes all of the writings and turns it into a manuscript. Interesting. And we've, We've done this hundreds of times for authors, and the books are always a higher quality. And then we do the same thing for the fiction authors. Okay, interesting. So I'm curious, like, how long are these books typically? Because if you're writing a book in 30 days, are they like 100 pages? Are they a few hundred pages? Like, how- on average, on average, what they write in 30 days ends up being uh, between 100 and 130 pages. And then okay. in editing, in editing, after we're done, we turn it over to an editor, and the editor takes it from 120 to 175. Okay, interesting. Okay, so it's a decent-sized book. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's they're always packed full of the right information. Sure. Yeah, like there's no need to spread it out over, 
you know, 500 pages or something, if you, if you can say, especially some of these books, like people don't have time to read those books sometimes, right? Especially if it's like a business type book. Kevin, you're absolutely right. What you'll find in our, in our friendship, I'm a, I'm a stats geek. Okay. Because my whole business is statistics. Last year, an average book sold, the most popular book length is 176 pages. Interesting. So if you want to write a book that people are going to read, then give them the book they want. So you got to sure. get the information into a book that's between 150 and 170 pages. The bigger the book is, the less people are going to buy it today. Sure. No, that makes total sense because you can almost read that in one sitting or maybe over a couple nights or a few nights, right? Depending on how fast you read and how much time you put in. But like, you're right. Like if you load up a book, um, well, sorry, I, mo I don't read any hard copy books anymore because I, I read at night on, on a device. But if you load up a book and it's like you're on page, you know, one of 600, it's so daunting, right? Exactly. No. You're exactly right. And, and that's, that's the reason. People can carry them easy. It's, it's not overwhelming. If you've got 300 pages worth of content, you're better to turn it into two separate books. You'll make more money anyway. Okay, interesting. So I, I want to step back a second. You mentioned you've written multiple books. What Talk about each one of those and, and what, what do you cover in each one of those books and kind of like what made you inspi inspired to write each one of those books? Well, the, the very first book that I wrote, the one that I told you about that yeah. failed and started again, that's called Being the Change. Okay. So essentially through – while I was working with Mr. Manta, um, my first mentor, I, I ended up reading a thousand books. Okay. And what, what I found in all my readings is there was seven people that really impacted my life in what I learned about them. And that's not going to surprise you, but it's worth, repeat, it's worth saying. Sure. It was – Mahatma Gandhi, Mother sure. Teresa, sure. Bill Gates, sure. Warren Buffett, sure. Steve Jobs, yeah. <laughs> and Pierre Trudeau, a Canadian prime minister. Okay, interesting. And so when I when I when I literally wanted to get all my thoughts together and create a book that would help me build my business, I literally started studying these people's lives and I found that they carried seven there were seven characteristics about their personalities that they all had in common. And okay. so I, I wrote a book called Being the Chain, Seven Essentials to Success in Life. Okay. And that was the first book, and that's now sold 100,000 copies. Wow. And then I, I followed it up as I'm building my business. I, I realized more and more in everything that I did that there was one essential element that was helping me in everything that I did, this one focus, and it real I, it dawned on me one day, like in a second or in a minute <laughs> that I, I wrote a book called The Most Important Minute in Your Marketing Career. Okay. I, I talk about what is that one essential thing that you need to become an expert at if you're going to succeed in business. Okay. And then the, the third book, it, it, this was the first book I wrote after I started my publishing company. And that, that book is called Learn How to Write a Book in Two Hours. Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't write a book called How to Write a Saleable Book in 10-Minute Bursts of Madness, which is what Nick taught me to do because I already asked Nick to write that book. Okay. So I wrote a book about the process and how you can actually write a book in just two hours of time. Interesting. And, uh, and so that book covers that. And then the latest book that I wrote, which is the one I'm the most proud of, okay. and it's, it's been the far the most successful. It was a tribute to the first book I ever read, Og Mandino's book, The Greatest uh, Salesman in the World. Okay. This book is called The Greatest Prospector in the World, and it's a historically accurate fiction book that starts in 1906 in the rivers of Alaska, and it teaches the six sales techniques, prospecting techniques of the world's most elite salespeople. Interesting. In a fiction story, yeah. So first book failed, but now four books have sold 320,000 copies, and they average about 100 copies a week still to this day. Well, congrats, man. That's really great. Uh, it's, you know, that's, I, I love saying that, Kevin, but what I'm really the most proud of is I've now published over 3,000 books for other authors. That's great, man. And every, every month, 100 new authors use mm. Rebel Press to bring their dreams to life. No, I, I think that's great, man. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool when, when you learn about kind of something, 
sometimes it's a book, sometimes it's not a book, something, sometimes it's something else. But like when there was like one thing or a couple of things in somebody's life that kind of changed the direction and, you know, and made them kind of maybe not necessarily like successful, but maybe more successful than where they were currently. Because I think a lot of people don't realize that they've already been successful in, in whatever they've been doing. They just find more success where like uh, there's like a pivotal moment in their life, whether it's a book or something else. Right. And uh, yep. it, it was interesting for me. I remember there was one book that that kind of got me started in, in kind of the whole kind of do doing the show and deciding to kind of just get over my fear of kind of public speaking and and just start putting content online. So that was interesting for me. Yeah. So, no, I, but you know, you know, it's interesting uh, right in line with that. You, you've interviewed some really amazing people, but okay, isn't it yeah. amazing how, isn't it amazing how so many of the people we admire today, their greatness came out of their struggles. Totally. Or, you know, or like for, for yeah. me, everything that happened was, was because of the book that failed, but sure. it, it, it was like, it was like the, an epiphany, a moment or something. Is, is that what you found? Yeah, like, well, for me, I think I the, the best of well, there's two things that that really changed it for me. I, I can't I really wish no, there's three things. Sorry. There was I really wish where I remember where the first two were from. The first one was I, I was just listening to some it was like some Hollywood a list celebrity. I can't even remember who it was. I just caught half an interview or something. And the, the interviewer asked him a question along the lines of like, what made you kind of just decide to get in into acting or, or whatever it was? And their answer was just like, I just decided to go for it one day. And I was like, wow, that sounds so simple, but and, and kind of stupid. Right. But I was like, yep. I was just like, well, every successful person just decided to go for it one day. They failed. They got back up. They have probably decided that they were just going to quit. But like eventually they just decided to keep going for it. That stuck with me. The second thing was, I, I, again, I can't remember where it was from. Some business book I read years ago. It was along the lines of um, it doesn't really matter about, you know, whether it's uh, up in the economy, down in the economy. Even in, in a lot of cases, I know this isn't always true, but like wherever you are in, in the world, there's like, trillions of dollars floating around the world economy on a daily basis and it's like do you want to figure out how to get your piece of that or not and I was kind of like oh okay like mm. interesting right got me thinking the other one and a lot of people laugh when I tell them this is I read the Gene Simmons me ink book and forget about all the like stuff about his personal life and and, and you just look at that guy from kind of like a business side of things. Like, I don't agree with some of his stuff that he thought about, you know, and personally. But, yeah. I, the you know, I was like, Kiss has been one of the most successful bands of all time. Gene Simmons is worth $300 million. I was fascinated to read his kind of book because the, the one thing I re respect about the guy is he gives you his opinion whether he you like it or not, right? And I always like people like that because you can either say like, I agree with that, I disagree with that, or I don't really care about that. But the thing that I took about through that book is the guy still starts businesses, the guy still fails at businesses, and the best example is he, he launched like a tongue magazine. Probably never heard of it because it only made like six issues. And you're thinking like, if a guy that's made hundreds of millions of dollars still fails in business, well then like, why should I worry if I fail it something that I try, right? And just reading that book and, and learning about his successes and failures and how he kind of just took chances on things and some of them worked and some of them didn't work. And I was just kind of like, that was kind of the final straw for me to say like, okay, I need to start like writing online, um, you know, doing a book, um, you know, doing this show, that kind of thing. So for me, it was, it was those few things. But it's interesting, right? Because I think oh, the end yeah. of the day, like a lot of people just really don't know what they're doing, but they just decide to go for it and figure it out as they go. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I never thought about that before. It really is. It's, it's, it's about risk taking, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And just uh, going for strong. it, right? Like, yep, yep. but, but I, I want to kind of go back to, um, you guys have a children's literacy foundation, which I think is super important. And do you want to talk about that? 
Yeah, well, it's really interesting because, you know, a couple times in my life, I, I, I travel a lot. I'm a, sure. a multi a multi-million miler on Delta. And, <laughs> and a lot of my greatest ideas come from missing airplanes. So back okay. in 2012, I was coming back from a speaking gig in Singapore and I missed the connection in Narita. Okay. And so I was stuck in Japan for about eight hours. And okay. while I was there, I was bored. I, I now at this point in time, all of this was happening and I, I still read a book a week and I'm still, I just feel so blessed to have discovered the true greatness to reading. Okay. And, do but you, I do you read hard copies or do you read uh, on like on a Kindle or, or something like that on a device or both? You know, 90 per, 90% of the books I read, I like the paper copies of okay. the books. Okay. And going, I, sorry. I, I, so today I have really easy access to great quality paper books. I, I own the fourth largest bookseller online today. Wow. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> we just, we, right, we've, we've grown from being new to, obviously Amazon's still number one. Uh, Books a Million is number two. Barnes and Noble is number three and we're number four. Wow. Go read. Congrats. That's huge. And so, yeah, so it's, it's really cool. But um, I was sitting in this airport and for some reason I just started studying children's literacy statistics. Okay. And it, it just, it, Kevin, it just broke my heart. Did sure. you know that last year, right now in the United States, 18% of kids who graduate from high school are illiterate. They can't read. Wow, really? It's that it's, high? It just, wow. Dude, and it freaks me out. But here's here's what's even crazier. 12% of kids never graduate from high school. Wow. So what's, what's the real percentage? The American Department of Education actually published data two years ago that says that as many as 15% of American adults have no idea how to read. Wow. And, and then I went even deeper down. I started thinking back to the law enforcement days. And just as I thought, 75% of people who interact with the justice system, criminal justice system, uh, and are, are, are um, charged with uh, significant offenses, felonies, okay. 75% of them are illiterate. Interesting. And so I wow. thought, and what if what if we could figure out a way to give every child in the world the gift of reading, okay. and, and give every kid that equal opportunity? Because so many of these kids never get the chance to read. Their parents aren't encouraging them. Their schools aren't encouraging them. But what if what if there was a system to do that? And that's when we launched the Go Read Children's Literacy Foundation. And that's when the media started calling us the Tom Shoes of the book business because okay. every book that is bought on our website we literally give a book to a child. And okay. so you can see right on our website, it says books for kids. So far this year, we've given 4,529 books away to kids. Wow, that's incredible, man. Congrats, that's and really it great. And it's growing like mad. And yeah, and we do go read days. We send authors into schools. So if you're a children's author listening to this show, get a hold of us because we need as many children's authors as we can. We're gonna buy your books and give them to schools and we're gonna put you in schools helping kids. That's really cool, man. So walk me through how, how's that process kind of work? Like, do you guys kind of hand deliver them? Do you just mail them? Like, how does that kind of work? So we do two things. Number one, we work with schools in America. We're, okay. we're at risk. Kids go to school and we partner with the school and we host go read days. Okay. And in a go read day, we bring the author into the school. We bring the author's books in and we buy the books from the author. and We give them to all the kids in person and the author reads and it educates the kids and does all kinds of fun things. That's cool. In addition, in addition to that, we're launching a subscription on the website where, um, for a, for a $4 cash donation that anybody gives, we give a book to a child. So we've got a couple different things that are going on. We and we the kids sign up right on the website, and we mail the books to the kids. Oh, interesting. No, that's that's really cool, man. So I'm kind of curious to see where do you guys kind of see this going because you guys are doing so much. But is there anything else that you'd kind of like to tackle in this space? Um. So, so we, what I believe we are really is the future of the publishing industry. We've, we've created the first successful model in the world where other authors can publish books without losing money. Any author in the world can do this and it's working. And our goal is really to build the world's largest community of authors and readers. We believe that within three to five years, we'll have uh, 50 to a hundred million readers in the website 
and and hundreds of thousands of authors in our website. And by that time, if you do the math, you can easily see that we'll be doing billions of dollars in revenue. My wife and I, our goal is to spend the rest of our life working with our foundation. Interesting. Because we, we don't true we we truly don't believe that in our lifetime we will see every child in the world reading, but we do strongly believe that before we are finished, we will have a system in place that nobody can stop and that it will lead to every kid in the world being literate one day. No, that's that's really cool, man. That's that's great. So, I'm curious though for for people that have been listening that have maybe been thinking about writing a book is there any kind of topics or, or kind of genres that you'd say, you know, are, are maybe need more books or is there genres that you should, would say, don't bother, there's too many? Or does it not really matter? No, it doesn't matter. And, and I've, I've done talks on this. I, 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 people need to understand that for every book, there's a reader and every reader, there's a book and there can never be enough books. Okay. There needs to be more books than ever. And if you're a business owner, a book is the fastest way to grow revenue in your business. It gives you clarity. It raises your status. And you can use the content in your book and repurpose it into all kinds of saleable products and services. If you're a fictional author, then understand that 70% of books that are purchased are fiction books. And okay. there can never be enough of them. And so we we want to help authors to write great books and to succeed with them. Interesting. So for somebody that's maybe not a writer or doesn't think of themselves as a writer, how do you guys kind of work with somebody like that? Well, that's super easy. We've created a technology platform where all they, they can do one of two things. They can just type. Uh, on the platform, or they can just speak into their microphone, and it will record it on the platform instantly, transcribe it, and then spit it out as a book that we can edit for them. Okay, so you guys it's have super, editors. Yeah, super like you mentioned easy. that before, but I just wanted to kind of reiterate that because I think the thing that it, it's scary, right? For maybe even somebody that doesn't think they're a writer or were never really a good writer, kind of growing up, maybe in junior high or high school or, or whatever, like you can still do a book, right? Like it doesn't oh, sure. matter. I, I think that's the thing that, you know, I really kind of want to make sure that we kind of, we're coming to the end of the show and I really want to kind of elaborate on that and, and kind of inspire people to actually do it because you don't need to be a good writer. I don't even think you need to consider yourself as a writer, but I think the second you actually get a book out there, you should keep writing because you're only going to get better. Yeah, you know, it's so funny you say this, and it's such a good finish to our time together. Um, so after Nick changed my life, I convinced Nick to write a book called How to Write a Book in 10-Minute Bursts of Madness. Okay. It's the exact system that Nick used. And, and my books, if you average $10 a copy times $320,000, my books have made me millions. Sure, and it's, be it's because of Nick. And so I created a website that I give the book away for free. It's called, uh, you just have to go to WASB, WASBfreebook.com. And I know we can put that in the show notes for yeah, people. Yeah. And, and it's just $7.95 shipping. And, and it's, there's no hook to it. You get the book for free. I'll send it to you in the mail. And it's, it's 150 pages. And it will teach you everything that you know. But here's what's really cool. If you buy the book, inside of the back of the book is my personal email address. And once you've read the book, you're welcome to email me and I'm more than happy to communicate with you through email and help you to design your chapters and get you started writing it. It's so simple. That's really cool, man. No, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Cause I, I think like even my, myself included, I, I, I actually got asked to write the book. I didn't pitch um, just cause I had all over my LinkedIn profile that I knew about this framework and they were looking for, for somebody to write a book on the topic. So I, I kind of got lucky but for just for people listening, I, I think like for me, I never considered myself a good writer. I still don't even consider myself a good writer. Um, but I, I think like if I if somebody like myself that I it, like I almost didn't really pass English 30 at some point. Right. Like so I was kind of really scared to actually get something out there. But I got over my my fear of that. And, you know, I still kind of write for a couple blogs and whatnot. And I think just having people understand that people that have done it have kind of the same insecurities and, and in some cases still kind of have them, right? I think 
is hopefully is inspiring to people to get out there and you know start writing content or write a book or or you know maybe start with writing content just for LinkedIn or Medium or any of the other kind of free online sites and then transition some of that content into a book. I think is is another good way to actually get into kind of writing. Yeah, well, the, the thing I'll tell people is LinkedIn and Medium are great, but go over there and create an account on GoRead and get paid to write those articles. Sure. And it's and, it, and it's just so simple. And I 100% agree with you. I have had hundreds of authors who have just written a series of 10 or 15 articles on a topic, and we just take the articles and turn them into the book for them. Sure. And, and a lot of people do that. Like I know Mark Cuban has a book. I, I, the name escapes me right now, but it's basically just like, he compiled a bunch of blog posts into a book and a lot of people do it. So it's super common. Like I, I think there's kind of sometimes like a negative connotation of that, but like a lot of people do that, right? It's not bad. And I, I think it's really good, right? People sometimes want a hard copy of a bunch of stuff and they don't really want to just sit on a screen and, and read, you know, 150 plus pages on their computer screen. Well, I, I agree 100%. I don't think it's embarrassing. I think more often than not, if you start by writing articles and turn it into a book, it's going to be a better book. It's totally. more concise. It's more readable. Yeah, totally. And then when you guys get your editing in there, it's not like a blog. It's not just like pages of blog posts. It's like an actual flowing book. Right. Cool, man. Yeah, it's so amazing. Well, Ken, we're, we're coming up to the end of the show. So again, let's reiterate where people can get more information about all the stuff we kind of talked about today. So if they're interested in joining the social network because they love reading books, head over to goread.com. If you're interested in writing a book, you understand that it's going to help your business. You want to inspire others, then head over to wasbfreebook.com. And I'll put, obviously we'll put those in the show notes sure. and yeah, I think that that that's what they need to know. And through either one of those ways, we can get connected. Perfect. Well, Ken, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to be on the show. I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man. Hey, thanks, Kevin. It was great talking to you today. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.